Okay. Did we get my slide up here? No, we didn't. Okay. Well, at the very end, we're gonna. I'll put up the slide so you guys can see it. But the the title of the message today is Seven Things Satan Hates About You." Seven things Satan hates about you, and we're going to talk about the first three today, okay? So today we're getting into the first three points of the seven things that Satan hates about you. And so the first thing that Satan hates about everyone in this room, and so if you guys can all pay attention, is this. Satan hates the plan and the purpose that God, ha that God has for your life. Number one, Satan hates the plan and purpose that God has for your life. So if each of you can just begin to think about what you feel God leading you to do, if you guys can begin to think about the plans and desires that you guys have right now. And just think to yourself, can I do these things right now? Can I do these plans that I have? Can I do these desires I have? And so, right here, what are these things that you desire to do with your life? What are your greatest aspirations? And I'm going to give you guys this piece of paper right here. And I want you to begin to write them out. Okay? And I'm going to give you guys a pen. And on this paper, I want you to begin to just think, think of these great things. Think of, think of all these important things that you guys have in your life. I don't care what it is. It could be, I want to start an orphanage. I want to start a school club. I want to feed the needy. It could be a multitude of things. It doesn't have to be Christian-based, okay? It doesn't have to be, well, I want to go and evangelize everyone. I just want to know, what are the aspirations that you guys have? Your dreams. Who do you want to be? What legacy do you want to leave behind? So take a few moments and just begin to write it on this paper, okay? If you guys are looking at your lists as you're writing, I bet you guys are putting some important things. Some things that are probably very meaningful <clears throat> to each and every one of you. Not everybody is the same, not everybody has the same thing. But I bet these things on that paper mean something important to you. So now I want you, this is kind of very serious, and so I want you guys to just focus in on, on these next few words that I'm about to share with you. And so, there's a lot of scripture in my message, and so you guys don't necessarily need to turn to every single one. So right now, I'm going to get into John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That was Jesus speaking. So the enemy, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy the purpose and plan that God has for your life. How many of you guys in this room know that you're called? All four of you. So how many of you guys know that the devil is out here right now to steal, kill, and destroy the purpose and plan that God has for your life? Amen. I want you to look at that paper. 
all of those dreams and aspirations. And now I want you to come up and I want you to throw them out in this trash can right here. So if you guys can come up and just toss them right in there. And just begin to think, these are your dreams. These are your aspirations. These are the things you care about. These are the things that you desire to do with your life. These are the things that you want to do, but now think to yourself, you just threw them in the trash. Let that be symbolic. This is what the devil is doing to your very life right now. Can all of you guys say that you're committed to everything that God is desiring for you guys to do? Are you 100% sold out to the plan of God for your life? Are you kind of fumble farting with the things that God wants you to do? Are you being double-minded and thinking maybe you can go this way and do this and still fulfill the plan that God has for your life? Well, guess what? The Bible says that you're double-minded. In the book of James, you are going to be unstable in all that you do. If you cannot submit to the plan and purpose that God has for your life, it is one way or no way. If you are teeter-tottering with your decisions, there is already an open door for the devil to come right in to snatch the plan that God has for your life. And there it goes, right in the garbage. The very plan and purpose that God has predestined for your life. When you were in the womb, the goals, the plans, the aspirations that he put within you are now in the very trash can that you threw them in. And you do it willingly. I didn't have to force you to come and throw the paper away. It was symbolic. You threw it away. You must guard the purpose and plan that God has for your life. You must treasure it, honor it, love it, guard it, protect it, because you only get one plan and one purpose. You only have one life to live. Are you going to make it count for Jesus? In Jeremiah 29, Verses 11 through 13, this is what it said. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. How many of you guys are just sold out right now? How many of you guys are just abandoning everything for God? You are seeking Him with all of your heart. I guarantee you, not it. See, the thing is, if you come to God with all your heart, if you seek Him with all of your heart, then you will find Him. Okay? When you find Him, then you find your purpose. Then you find your meaning. Then you find your value. And when you know that you're valuable, you treat yourself like you have worth. You treat the plan and purpose of God as though it means something instead of throwing it in the trash. <coughs> that is what it is. It is valuable. When you seek for things with all of your heart, it means there's a longing. There's a sense of like feeling, of passion, of desire for it. So when you seek God with all of your heart, you're going to find him. And when you find him, he's going to lead you. And this leads us to the next point. The second thing that Satan hates is when you submit and surrender to God. When you're obedient and you give in to the will of God for your life, it shows that the devil has no authority over you. And didn't I say that when we're double-minded, we kind of leave a leeway for the devil to come in? Point proven. 
point proven. When you're obedient and you surrender to the will of God, that shows the devil has no authority over your life. So then it's very simple for someone like me to say, hey God, I know you're calling me, so I'm going to submit to that. Because if I didn't submit to that at the age of 15, I wouldn't be here right now. I'd probably be like my little sisters right now. I'd probably be in relationships I shouldn't be in. Probably pregnant right now. Probably killed myself because you know what? I could not find value apart from God for my life. I will preach like there's a thousand people in here. I could not have found value in my life if it wasn't for God. And because I found value, I'm here. Because I found value, I submitted to the call of God. I wasn't going to let my mother, I wasn't going to let my father, I wasn't going to let my family dictate the plan and purpose that God had for my life. I surrendered. Are you going to surrender? James 4.4 4 says this, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Sometimes when people look at us, they can't tell if we're saved. Why? Because of how we look, how we act, the way we speak, the things that we allow to be around us, the things that we accept. Are you set apart right now? When you walk around in school and people see you, do they know that you're saved? Do they know what you stand for? Do they know that you're a Christian, that you have morals, that you have values? Or are you kind of like, because you're on the teeter-tot, nobody really knows what you stand for. No one really knows what you believe in because you don't stand up for the purpose of God. You don't stand up for the will of God. You're not obedient. Or when people look at you, can they tell you're different? The Bible says we're set apart, that we're aliens. And you know what? When the foreign student comes to your school, you know straight up who they are. They don't look like they belong. When they talk, they have a funny accent. When you see them, you know that they're not about where you're, what you're about. You can tell they're different. When people look at you, can they tell you're different? Or is your swag like everybody else's? Think about that. James 4, 7 through 10 says this, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. I want you to just pay attention to all these things that you are told to do in these couple verses right here because it's pretty shocking. Submit, first word, yourselves to God. Then, uh, this will happen. Two, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Three, come near to God and he will come near to you. Four, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. That was the fifth one, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. There was a bunch of things right there. All these things you had to do. Okay? Submit, resist, flee, come near, wash your hands, uh, grieve, mourn, wail, pure your, purify your hearts, change your mourning to laugh, change your laughter to mourning, your joy to gloom, humble yourself. There's about 12 things I could point out in that alone. If you submit to God, the devil will flee. How many of you guys are struggling with anything right now? Struggling with things that kind of hinder you from being exactly who God wants to be? Everybody. But did you know that if you submit and surrender your life to God, the devil will flee? So how many of you guys are really surrendering? Okay, that brings us to the point. How many of you in this room are surrendering to the plans and purpose of God? How many of you are submitting yourself to God? Because I guarantee you, if you're really submitting and surrendering, these things that you're dealing with wouldn't happen. 
Because right here it said, check this out. It says it right here. If you submit yourself to God and resist the devil, he will flee from you. If you resist the temptations that you've been struggling with since you got saved, the devil will flee because he sees he can't do nothing. Because what? When you surrender for real to God, the devil has no authority over you. No authority over you. The third and final point is this. The devil hates when you believe the truth. The devil hates when you believe the truth. How many of us like truth? See, I love when my husband is truthful to me. When he tells me everything. Not when, you know, God forbid he were to come to me and lie about something. I don't love him when he tries to make up things. I don't love him when he tries to tell me that the person across the street wasn't the person he was staring at, he was looking at that. See, thank God for a man of God because he doesn't do that. But can you imagine someone just lying to you all the time? Just think about that. You have a best friend, you ask them how they're doing, they say, well, nothing really. You have a best friend and, and you think you guys are close, but when you ask her things, she's never really open with you, she doesn't tell you things. We all desire truth. We don't care if it offends us, we want truth. Okay, we don't care if it hurts us, we want truth. We, we want doctors to tell, uh, to tell our parents that, you know, if they have a problem, Tell them the problem so that we know how to help them. Okay, for example, if my mom has cancer, I want the doctor to tell her if she has cancer so that way I know and I'm prepared so that I can help her. I don't want him to lie to her and say she doesn't have cancer and then she dies out of nowhere and then I find out that she had cancer. See, I want the doctor to tell me the truth. See, when you stand before God, it's going to be like looking in a mirror. And he's going to put you on blast. And he's going to tell you everything you've ever done that was disobedient. Everything you've ever done that was wrong. Right now you are faced with yourself. Just look at yourself. Examine yourself. Are you who God said you are to be? Are you submitting to the plan and purpose in your life? Because the last time I checked in this room, everybody's at the fightful. So are you who you say you are? Are you who God has called you to be? Be truthful with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Don't try to make yourself feel better. See, because the devil, the devil comes and he tries to tell you you're fine. You're okay. Everybody struggles now and then. You know, your, your sin isn't too bad. You know, there are people out there who are ten times worse than you. That's what the devil likes to do. He likes to compare and, and try to make you feel like you're fine. Okay? And so in John 8:44, this is what the scripture says. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and not holding to truth, for there is no truth in him. So when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. He is the father of lies. Whenever you're in sin and you feel like you're okay and you're not too bad, that is the devil's lie. 
It is the Spirit of God that should bring immediate conviction to you when you are in sin. And that is the truth. And we'll get into the scripture later on. Right now we're going to talk about the Father of life. So how many of you guys just have come to a place where sometimes you don't feel like you're too bad? And be honest, don't lie to me right now. You feel like you're not too bad. And that's normal because what? We got the devil right in our ear trying to tell us these things. Okay? It's a battle for your purpose. It's a battle for your soul, really. But I want you to know today that that's the devil speaking to you, that it is not okay that you are struggling with your sin, that it is not normal, because in the eyes of God, sin is sin. There is no weight or measure. You are just as bad as someone who commits murder. Just as bad. And on the day of judgment, you are both condemned to hell. But praise God, there is a time right now to repent and get right. See, we desire to know the truth. In the Word, in the Bible, truth is said over 228 times. I believe the term disciple is about as much, probably even a little more. Truth is just as important. Truth sets you free. Jesus is truth. Okay, when we look to the scriptures in John 14, verses 6 to 7, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father well. For from now on, you do know him and have seen him. So let's focus in on some of these, on some of these parts here. Jesus himself says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? And no one can come to the Father except through him. And what is he? Truth. No one can come to the Father except the truth, through the Word of God. John 1, 1, Jesus was the Word, He is the Word, the Word is truth. Okay? Do you want to go to God? Or go Then you need to get with God. You need to get with truth. You need to get there. Okay? Because if you really know God, if you really know truth, then you've seen God and you know God. And because of that truth, there is now this relation thing going on. You have truth, you know truth, and because you partake in truth, now is the truth that will set you free. And if the truth is setting you free, you know the gospel, the truth. Jesus came and died on the cross for my sins. I am forgiven of my sin. Now if I live a life holy and pleasing before God, when I die, I, I can go to heaven. The gospel, the truth that set me free from my sin. See, it's that truth that I'm talking about. Sometimes the truth offends. Sometimes the truth doesn't feel good. But the truth sets us free. In John 8, 31 through 32, to the Jews who had believed, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now I want to focus in right here on this part of scripture. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is what I said the Holy Spirit will receive from me, but will be made known to you. And so we're going to focus right here on this part. But when he, 
the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. We already got like the parts of scripture, like God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all pointing to truth. Jesus himself is the truth. The Holy Spirit guiding us into truth. You are not alone in this walk with God. The spirit of truth is guiding you and leading you into truth. And so when you're dealing with your sin and struggling, being obedient and surrendering, when you're having problems giving into the plan and purpose, the spirit of truth is there to kind of urge you to push you into the right thing. How many times have you been in sin and you felt like a tugging on your heart or a knocking on that door and you feel like, man, how many times? I bet countless times you felt the spirit of God, the spirit of truth just telling you, man, you knew you, wouldn't, you shouldn't have done that. Man, you knew that wasn't right. I'm telling you, when I was living in sin, I felt that every waking moment, every moment I was in sin, I knew that God, that the spirit of truth was telling me, you're wrong. You know that's not right. You know you need to make it better. There's nothing like that feeling. Nothing like the spirit of truth tugging at you to tug you, you're, you're lying to yourself. It's not just believing in truth. Okay? It's not just believing in truth. It is also acting in truth. Acting in it. Because we can believe a lot of things. I can believe I'm a Christian. I can believe I'm saved. Man, I'm holy. And then I can walk right out this door. And I can go cuss up a storm. I can go and fight the first person that looks at me dirty. I can go and, and smack my sister. I can, go, I can do all kinds of stupid things. I can go out there right now and wild out, cheat on my husband. I, hey. I believe I'm saved. And so if I do those things, hey, God will forgive me, right? But there is a truth. There is a truth, and the truth says that that is a lie. The truth says that is, that's not the way. The truth is telling me that if I go out there and I wild like that, and I don't repent, or if I do it and I know willingly that it's wrong, that I deserve help. If I go out there and act like the world and wild out like the devil, and I think that's fine. What the hell is wrong with me? You guys need to look at your lives. Examine the things that you are doing. Are you really being guide, guided and led by the Spirit? Are you really surrendering and submitting to the purpose and plan for your life? Or are you going back and forth? Don't think that you are saved and going to heaven because you believe in Jesus. Pay attention. Don't believe in that lie. I believe in Jesus, and because I believe I'm going to heaven, no. You understand? Satan and all his demons believe in Jesus. Are they going to heaven? No. But guess what? They do one thing better than so many of us. They shudder and tremble at the very name of God. And sometimes when we tell you that you are not living right, that Jesus does not want you to do these things, you guys don't give two hoots when we tell you you're not supposed to do those things. You don't give two hoots 
let me tell you that there's a call of God on your life. You don't care because you know what? It doesn't mean nothing. You don't see the value in it. But guess what? The devil does one thing better than every one of you in this room. He fears and trembles God. When are you going to fear and tremble God? When are you going to really fear that if you're not obedient to God, to the plan and pro uh, the plans he has for you, that you're going to miss out on something? When is that going to become a reality? Or are you still going to think about what everybody else has to say? You do not belong here. You are not a part of this world. The Bible calls you an alien. An alien. No temporary pleasure. No relationship apart from God. No job. Nothing you do. No education. No material possession. Nothing can satisfy you, will complete you, or bring peace to any problem or situation you are facing. Absolutely nothing, and that's the truth. You guys can mark my words today. Remember this day, let it be burnt into your heart. Only God can come into your life, change it up, fix it up, and do what is best for you. There is nothing better than the plan and purpose he has for you. I'm sorry, guys. Nothing outside of God is going to be better. Okay? Because guess what? The word of God says that God is good. And everything good comes from God. And so if you're not in the plan of God, then nothing good is there for you. Makes perfect sense, right? Because if God is all good, follow me. If God is all good and everything good comes from God, and God has a purpose for your life, then that purpose has to be good, right? And if you obey that purpose, then you're going to have a good life. But guess what? If God has a purpose that is supposed to be good, but you decide, hey, I don't want to do it, and you decide to fulfill your own purpose, is it going to be good? I didn't think so. Because it's not of God, and so therefore it can't be good. I need you to understand just that. Understand, if you understand anything, understand this. That apart from God, your life is incomplete. It's unsatisfying and it's going to go nowhere. It's mediocre and it's a wonder why you feel at times so unsatisfied. You go home and you wonder why. You go home and you feel insecure. You go home and you feel like you don't know nothing. You go home and you feel just like the devil has victory over you and you can't do no much better. You need to turn to God. Turn to God. Trust God. Surrender, submit to God. Trust and believe in the plan and purpose he has for your life. Believe in the truth that I am speaking now. The truth found in the word of God. Believe in that and I promise you, I promise you that your life is going to turn out with greater purpose than everything you just threw in the trash. It's going to turn out with greater purpose, with more value than you could have ever imagined. Ask yourself this. Is the things that you are doing, the things that you are living for, worth the price that Jesus Christ had to pay on that cross? Is his death worth the things you are doing? The things you desire to do? I mean, seriously, I want to know what you guys put on that paper. But you know what? I don't care. Because guess what? If it wasn't the will that God has for you, that's where it belongs. 
Okay, that's how I feel. As a minister, as a pastor, that is what I want for you guys. I want you guys to surrender, to submit to the will of God, to believe in that purpose and plan he has for you. Because that's how real it is, guys. That's how real it is. Nothing good can come from your own plan. Nothing. Nothing. It is a step down. It, it is nothing. I hope you understand this today. That it is nothing. Like Ecclesiastes says, it is a chasing after the wind. It is meaningless. Can you grab the wind, guys? Can you hold it? Can you see it? No. That is what your life will be like if you try to do it your way. A chasing after nothing. I don't want you guys to forget these words. These are the things that Satan hates about you. The very plan that God has for you. The very obedience that you guys want to give him. The truth that you guys want to believe. Satan hates that. That's why he tries to come and destroy your life. Destroy the purposes that God has for you. That's why he doesn't want you to be obedient. He wants you to rebel against God and do whatever feels right to you. He doesn't want you believing in the truth, the truth that sets you free. Because he wants you to be bound, to be tied down, to live in bondage. So if you all can stand up with me.